It is The Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Kyle Tosk. Let's get to a couple more of your questions on the U of I Atlanta Link text line regarding Illini basketball. Do want to, at some point, switch gears a little bit and go the Big Ten picture. There have been a handful of conference games already, obviously. I want to get the current snapshot of the league standings and just thoughts around the Big Ten at this point. Both positive, like Wisconsin. Hey, Indiana's off to a 2-0 no start. And the negative, Maryland, gross. Wow. They actually won last night in overtime, though. Against, against Penn, Penn State. Against Penn State. They're they're really bad. Michigan, oh boy. Yeah, it, them being potentially the second or third best team in the Big Ten. For those that were offering that aggressive take, uh, that's that's gone by the wayside. It's funny because they look good. I, I never said that, but I no, thought no, that they... No, 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 I know you're not. I'm just saying I thought that they actually, based on the first week and a half of the year, like, hey, maybe this Michigan team will be a tournament team. I, like, they they got a great point guard. No, they're, they're really <laughs> bad. And the funny thing about them is, like, Jawan Howard isn't technically coaching right now. He still isn't, isn't back as a head coach. But, boy, if they miss the tournament again and, like, go to the NIT, maybe this team doesn't look like they might even make the NIT at this point. But point being, if they miss the postseason for another year, how is he back in Ann Arbor? They, there's no way, right? There's already a lot of buzz, regardless of what the result is, that he's probably going to move on. Is his is his son still there, or is he, is he finally gone? I know that his Jets, other son, Jets Jace, is still there, I think. Okay. Jace has one more but year. he doesn't – does he, he even play? play? I don't even know if he does. If he does, it's like as the ninth man or something. Yeah, there's there's been whispers for a while, but especially this past offseason that, hey, this don't be surprised this is the last year of Juwan in Ann Arbor. We'll have to see how that thing plays out, but especially if it goes off the rails and they're they're terrible, which Ken Palm right now has them projected at 14 and 17, then uh, it might not even be his choice. Who knows? They might say we're good uh, before he even gets the word in. Uh, but, yeah, before we fully go that direction, let's get to a couple more on here. I, I do want to – Wade texted in earlier about Braden Smith. There was a – watch out for the fake accounts on Twitter. There's, there was a fake Rostian account that was tweeting about a Hunter Dickinson suspension and also a leave of absence for Braden Smith, uh, none of which are true. So uh, I, I know that Hunter got into a little bit of a – a spat in their last game, right? Um, he got a flagrant foul or something. Just yeah. kind of your average Hunter Dickinson play. Yeah, so nothing, probably nothing to see there too much, but uh, no word of, of that from a actual reporter. Same goes for Braden Smith as well, um, as far as I understand it. So uh, look out for those. And I've been I've been duped by one, one of those uh, in the past. They're hard to tell. Uh, you know, if they the check mark is is one way to look, and then also, but now the people, with the with the, with Elon's of version of Twitter, now the check mark is like sure. a lot of really credible reporters don't have the check yeah. mark because they don't want to pay eight dollars a month. So I don't have the check mark. So I mean, it's I'm not like, saying that I'm a really credible reporter. <laughs> is someone, but... someone going to dupe you now, or yeah, who knows? They could. Darren Shannon Jr. got <laughs> injured in practice. Derek Piper, but the <laughs> I is actually an L. Look out. <laughs> Let's not do that. Someone did that on the um, – so when Illinois went to Italy, their Kofi and Andres Felice didn't – weren't able to fly over. Their their passports or visas didn't, didn't come through. And so that was a real story, but someone made a fake account of me and tweeted out that uh, oh, Brad boy. Underwood's in custody because he we went off serious? on the uh, – immigration or whatever uh people and and so he's in air, airport jail and uh you know i don't know what else they added but uh, <laughs> that kind of blew up a little bit and i remember i i saw brad in italy and he like walked up to me he's like i was gonna kill you at one point because he thought i was just like <laughs> making a joke but it it was uh actually obviously not me tweeting that so oh my goodness that did happen that did happen uh, Wade on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. If Ty stays four years, how much offensive improvement do you see, or is he what he is? I think he can improve, especially if he is in a role where he can be a little more aggressive, especially when it comes to attacking the rim. I feel like on this team, it's pretty clear that they're not asking almost anything of him when it comes to scoring. And right, I, I also right. think a full season, not to say – I would imagine that Illinois is going to look to fill the point guard role this offseason one way or another. But a year of being 
a, a primary ball handler for this team. I think he'll improve on that front, but I also think we've seen the flashes of him on offense. Like he, he can be really physical. He can get to the basket, but we're not really seeing that on this team because you got a bunch of other guys who are just higher on the pecking order in terms of offense on this team. I think with the right team where he's maybe asked to do a little more, I think he could definitely show improvement. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that you definitely want to see him do a better job. Like, the Rutgers game was a good example of him against backcourt pressure uh, of taking yep. care of the ball uh, in a, a more effective manner. And then really offensively, the, yeah, the best thing he's shown is in terms of scoring is offensive rebounding and, and some baseline cutting. Yeah. So I, I think late in the year, though, late, in, late last year in some opportunities on the ball, he was able to – Playing some some pick and roll and attack gaps and get to the basket and I, I don't feel like he's been as aggressive in that. I, Illinois also isn't running a lot of stuff through him, so I I don't know if it's him just finding his spots and, and picking his spots to to go to the basket and and be able to finish. I know that there is the the downside of him getting fouled and going to the free throw line. I, I do think he's a, a slightly improved. Is he slightly improved free throw shooter this year? It's a low any? volume, right? Is he taking like four? Yeah, he's taking eight and he's made four hey so he's at 50 percent. where last year he was at 38 percent. so uh, a little bit of a, an improvement but yeah i shooting wise can he can he get a little better yeah i think he can we've seen guys that you know chester frazier did not shoot well at all his handful you know first handful of years and then by his senior season he was like a 30 plus three-point shooter now we haven't seen Ty make any threes so like even if he was over under 0.5 three-pointers made before Ty Rogers graduates college I'll say make one plus I'm not gonna land on one if he stays if he plays four years at Illinois I think there'll be a point in time where he makes a three do you say no <laughs> he'll I, I bet you he'll he'll end his career with one and it'll be like a late shot clock where he just makes it yeah that's that's about it. I just man, I bank one in, or is it going to be pure? Eh, is it going to be pure? Go down. It'll either you know <laughs> rim in or it'll bank in. I don't know if it's going to be a, a swish, but <laughs> I feel it's just he's so far away from from yeah. any type of shooter. But I don't yeah. think again he doesn't. I don't think he needs that to be an effective player. It definitely caps his offensive ceiling a ton. But I do think man, he he is he's skilled offensively around the basket and he can obviously use his size to to get inside and and exploit some matchups it's just that's not really what this team is asking of him mm -hmm. but i think that he at some point can be a guy who maybe averages close to double digits a game without even making a three like by a senior year with the right team i don't know maybe that's maybe he is always just going to kind of be a defensive specialist but i don't know yeah i, I do think going to the basket something he can continue to to find his spots doing and, and just becoming more efficient with it and then if his free throw percentage can get a little bit better than 50 percent it, it's not entirely out of the question that uh you know his ability to to reach double figures at some point but I, I do think he is a, a ways away still offensively I, I wonder about the approach with the point guard I would imagine too that you'd want to go into the into the portal and get one um yeah, I mean, there's just a big difference there between a, a bona fide real point guard and, and, and having to make do without one. But Are we going to go through round two of the point guard offseason? Although they're not just going to need a point guard this offseason. They're going to need, need a lot quite more. a bit. Yeah. But Hopefully the sweepstakes, whatever one they're in, they're, they're going to get who they want or they're in it for a, a handful of guys and, and yeah. can get one instead of, instead of none. But, um, yeah, and, and that's another thing, like, at one point last year, was it it's definitely the offseason? He's coming off. Look, Ty is a good player. You know, he's on the Team USA for a reason. And I do think, I think he's a good passer, at least as far as what I saw as a prospect and some stuff late last year. I think there's some, some of that can be unlocked a little bit more. Now it's harder when teams just aren't willing to be afraid of you as a shooter and they, they play everything and drop and they go under every screen and they take away every every opportunity to, to try to, you know, they try to get in your passing lanes, but you know, I, I he, 
that people tried to talk at one point about him having like NBA, you know, early entry NBA type stuff. And yeah, he's a good athlete. Yeah, he's tough. He can rebound. I just, I don't know how that's ever going to, I don't want to say ever, but he's got a long way to go offensively for that to even be a real possibility. Can you, in today's NBA, can you play in the NBA as a guard slash wing who can't even think about putting a three up? I mean, I don't think so. I just, no, I don't see that. I don't think so. And yeah, the the progression so far is coming along slowly in terms of his jump shot, uh, at least as far as we can tell. Ryan has an interesting question. Would you trade Ray J for Marcus Damask? I'm assuming he doesn't mean that this would have, like, Illinois' pursuit of Ray J was well after Damask committed, right? So it wasn't yeah, like you right, had to, like, right. going back, they would have had to make this swap. No, they But it's know. just a hypothetical. Yes. Which I think hypothetical, like, uh, ability to trade players right. in college basketball would be fun. It would be fun. I think I would trade. I, I and it's Damas. I've just loved watching Damask. He's been a phenomenal addition. But man, Ray J. Dennis as a as a point guard, I think he would make this a team just it paired alongside Terrence. And I think you're so much more built to fill in the gaps. Yeah, at forward. Ty being now a forward, yep. you have Ty slides Ray J. into where Damask is now. Quincy obviously can play there. Luke can play there. I think Damascus has been great, especially of uh, of recent. But yeah, Ray J, what he's doing at at Baylor as a on ball guy that can shoot it. The only knock on him so far is his, his turnover numbers early in the season have been high, but he shot like forty percent from three and is doing some very good things for Baylor. So Terrence Shannon's turnover numbers have been high so far, but uh, is he playing poorly? No, no. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a really really good point. Uh, there was one more that I wanted to get to. Where was it? It was, oh yeah, Scott mentions, uh, I've asked for opinions, like up, updated thoughts and opinions on Illinois. He says, everyone sees that this is a tournament team, uh, but to say top 10 in the country, not a chance yet. Did you guys forget they lost a home game a couple of weeks ago? Remember last year, everyone, it feels the same. I get it. I get it. Um, we were probably saying similar things or the exact same thing it's, it's not been too long uh, I don't have too crazy a dad brain right now or I don't remember uh, that far back but last year we were pretty high coming off of the Jimmy V classic of what Illinois basketball was going to do last year having beaten UCLA having beaten Texas having gone to the wire with Virginia like there were a lot of even you had just lost to Maryland right before beating Texas so you had that loss as well but you were really, really excited. Like, hey, Illinois is making the statement that they're – I thought they were ahead of the curve because this was a new collection of guys that was probably going to take their lumps early, especially with a tough schedule, that then later in the year it would really click. And they were – to have those marquee wins early, I was really high on that. what that Illinois team was going to ultimately be. You didn't see them take steps from there. Obviously, it went off the rails shortly after that that win against Texas – uh, where they, they weren't playing well, they get blasted by Missouri, they lose uh, at Northwestern, and, and there's a lot, of, and then Sky Clark leaves the team. So uh, we can't say with complete certainty that this Illinois team will continue to get better. We have to see that play out. I think, let me ask you this and, and frame it this way then, Kyle. For Illinois to not go stagnant after what we saw just recently against FAU, for them to build on this, what does that have to look like, in your opinion, to make sure it's not a peak too early? like last year's team? I mean, I just – I feel like they need to just continue to stick with what's working for them right now. I just – when I look back at last year, I think it just feels a lot different to me. I, I get that there's a lot of parallels, but you come off the Texas and UCLA wins. Those two games, you were fortunate to win both of them. I mean, you play well enough to win them, and you it's not like – the other teams handed you the game or anything, but you came back from a huge deficit against UCLA and had a a performance from Terrence Shannon that felt really unsustainable. Like his performances this year maybe aren't going to continue all season, but he it feels a lot more sustainable for him. And then the Texas game, they blow a lead in like the last eight minutes of the game and they follow you 50 feet from the rim to even send it to overtime. And it felt like it just feels like Illinois is playing a more complete brand of basketball right now. I also think like 
you beat Texas last year, you were still relying on two freshman guards, and you mm-hmm. still you didn't have this experience. It felt like the team. There were still a lot of questions about the fit of the roster. This team, I think you can tell, fits together a lot better. I don't think Marcus Damask is going to change who he is at all. I don't think we're going to see a lot of these guys, you know, tail off like some of the guys did last year and, and just have some of the inconsistencies that guys did. And it feels like this locker room, too, like you remember that Texas game, then you come home against Penn State like three days that's later right, on a Saturday. Right and you fall completely flat. And that's after that game was the fart noise game for Brad Underwood and post game. It's true. And it's like at that point, it was immediate like, okay, we got some issues now. Like that Texas one's gone. There's some problems coming off this game. Leads me to the point that I think Saturday will tell us a little bit here. Like I don't think there's any shame in losing a competitive game on the road to Tennessee. If they lose that game Saturday, I don't think it changes much as long as – you know, it, it, they go in and compete. If they're completely flat and they get ran out of the gym by Tennessee, then, oh, okay, now we can start to talk about the parallels. I just think that this team's going to be a lot more steady. Even the Marquette game, they competed in that game the whole way. They're in that game the whole time. They It wasn't a flat performance where you got a bunch of uncharacteristic performances from guys and whatnot. There were some issues in that game, but I just think this team needs to, to lean into who they are, and and they've got an alpha in Terrence Shannon who I think if he keeps up the consistency more so than he did last year heading into the Big Ten stretch, that'll be huge. And, you just, you know, you just lean into being a really good defensive team, exploiting the mismatches that you get with your bigger wings like Damask and Rodgers and, and Garrier and whatnot, and I just think that there feels like a lot more sustainability to this group, and it just feels like a different vibe both in the locker room. I know someone on the text line, Kyler, said uh, the issue in the locker room and overall feel the team felt so different even after the Texas win. I, I kind of feel that. I mean, we didn't. that wasn't a point where we were talking about that until, you know, Penn State, Missouri. That's when we really started mm-hmm. having those things started cropping up. But it, does, it just feels like a more connected and, and team that's built – way better so i don't know i that, that i don't know if that totally answered your question well, but it's I just, hard to totally answer it at this time we don't know i just think the way they're playing right now and it's easier said than done obviously and you probably could have said the same last year but the brand of basketball they're playing right now is what they need to continue to do on a consistent basis mm-hmm. and i think they'll be a really really good team and i think that this team is built to have more of that consistency and gel together for longer stretches than last year's team did not have the peaks and valleys that last year's team did with your Matthew Myers and your freshmen and all that. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. And I think that as far as building off of it, I think it's trying to get Coleman back offensively to a point. And to say back, I know some people are going to say, well, where was he before? He he has been a guy that's been inconsistent throughout his career. And that's a, that's a very fair point. But to try to get him to a level of of being able to be more confident and more understanding of taking those catch and shoot threes. And yes, there are going to be nights where he doesn't make them. And and do you want him to keep shooting them? No, but uh, to try to really tap into that pick and pop dynamic, that's another level this team can gain offensively. If he does click into that, even, even just on a, even he makes it at a decent rate, even if he's just an average, like a 33 to 35% three point shooter from here on that, that would be a huge asset to have uh, as a five man. You actually got to think about going out and guarding, um, and then you know to I, I don't to take away some of the mistakes that he makes off the dribble. And speaking off the dribble, is, is Dane ever going to stop trying to dribble too? I, I think that's another thing that can make Illinois more solid. On the positive side, Justin Harmon building on what he's done the last couple of games, like his confidence off the bench and to to be thrown out there in, in that game against FAU and. To hit some big corner threes, uh, that that was big. Those were huge plays, and and I think it was just a, a huge. Um, I don't know. It wasn't an eye opener, but it was very encouraging the way that Marcus Damask and Justin Harmon, guys that you know, like I respect the the leagues they came from, the teams they came from. Like Utah Valley had a really good year last year. They went uh, on a little run in the NIT for a reason, uh, and then the Valley's a good league. Uh, Marcus obviously, you know, played against some some good guys. Uh, you know, Drake, Bradley. Uh, there, there's some good teams in the Valley, but for them to then go to Madison Square Garden and play in that type type of a game, and those guys didn't bat an eye. Those guys looked like they belonged and, and were 
really Im- impactful for Illinois. That was super encouraging. So yeah, and not to go like terribly long winded on on why I think this year could be different versus last year, but I don't think we're going to have a, a schematic crisis in the middle of the year. I don't think Illinois needs to scrap their defense. Great point. In the middle of the year, I think offensively they're they're figuring some things out. Yes. Prior to Rutgers, we would have said, hey, they, they got some real things to work on. And I think that that's something that they're going to have to continue to evolve offensively, add more wrinkles to it, add some different layers to when teams are able to or try as much as they can to take away Terrence Sheenan or they, they understand, okay, Marcus is going to Marcus is gonna try to, to post us up and, and do this to us. Uh, what can we can we do to, to counter that? But uh, I love the roles that Justin Harmon's established and growing into that Quincy Garrier's established and growing into that Luke Goody's established. And those are all older guys. This is an older team and a team that's been around the block more. And that starts with their leader. Their leader is Terrence Shannon, who actually has experience of being a leader and an alpha this year, as opposed to last year. So uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, stamping guaranteed, you know, I'm not putting it on the box uh, guaranteed Sweet 16 and your money back. I'm not giving your money back. I'm not saying that's 100% sure of anything, but I, I do think that, to, like you said, this team can be more steady. And I, I do – look, it, context matters, and in hindsight, we now know what happened to last year's team. We know some of the, the egos that were at play and, and some of the things that, that that spilled out that maybe we didn't even know all of it at, at this time last year, a lot of it we didn't know. Not to say I didn't know that, you know, Sky Clark came in having bounced around a lot and, and there was a lot of wonder, hey, if things don't go well for him, how's he going to handle that? Or uh, Matthew Maia here, quote unquote, he's a different cat and all this stuff. And and then, you know, obviously we, we saw how things happened. But uh, again, not to go too long on it, but I think this team will be more steady. Yes, I agree with you that Saturday is going to give us a good indication. I think Tennessee is going to be ready to pop you in the mouth. That's going to be a hungry Tennessee team, a mm-hmm. hungry crowd, a, a squad that had high hopes coming to this year and have, have lost their last three high major games and, and gave up 61 in the first half to to UNC. I think especially with what t- Tennessee is going to try to do to you defensively, it could be hard to score. Now, Illinois, fortunately, is good defensively in their own right. I, I could totally see it being a rock fight game, but it will trust your confidence or it will trust your confidence, but also your toughness and your ability to kind of deal with success. So I think that that will show us a lot, but I I like the vibes around this team right now. I think that uh, it's very encouraging how they showed on Tuesday also. And you and I, Kyle, pushed back on some people trying to to maybe make too much of a loss at home to, to Marquette. I, I think I'm kind of in the middle. We're in the middle there and like, all right, you played pretty decent. Marquette's really good. Let's not celebrate that you were in a close game. That's not where Illinois is. But I still feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and, we, and we should. But that, you know, you can still say, hey, Illinois, if they would have closed the game differently, or, or just, you know, what, just to say it, you know, plainly, they played decent in that game against a very good team. And then I'm still going to count to an extent the Kansas game. Yes. You, you led for 36 of the 40 minutes against a, a good Kansas team, not number one in the country good. We've, we've learned some of that. But they beat UConn the other night. They did. I mean, they look. They've, they're good. They're good. They're good. Yeah. They're they're top ten in the country. So I think there's enough of a sample size to say Illinois is pretty darn good in their own right. I trust them more than last year's team, uh, based on obviously what we found out. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And, and on the Marquette game, like I think I still 100 percent agree that no one should be calling that a good loss, or no one should Correct. be happy, or or you know think that that's completely acceptable oh marquette's great so it's totally fine that we lost at home i disagree wisconsin with that just beat him because home. wisconsin just beat him at home and i think you're at a point with your program where you welcome in a marquee team to your home building you expect and should win that basketball game but at the same time when i'm evaluating what this team is losing by seven at home to that marquette team isn't really i'm not knocking them much for that that's right. not really right. changing my opinion a ton right. on this team that's kind of how I view that. And and on the second part of Scott's statement to kind of circle back to where he said, you know, this, uh, this is not a top 10 team right now. I agree. I'm not willing to go there quite yet. I still think there's more to be proven. I'm not going to sit here and declare that this is a top 10 team in the country. I do think if you go into Tennessee and win a rock fight of a game on Saturday, I probably get there. I'm probably there. But at this point, I still think that there's more to be proven. And, uh, and, and yeah, I still think you want to see – all the things we just said 
play out and not have certain, you know, not have another situation where Terrence Shannon goes ice cold with a three-point shot and, you know, maybe some of your other role guys really are struggling again. There's still more to be proven there. I'm not willing to get that far. So I agree on that front, but I do think there's a much different feel to this year's team than last year's team, and I'm pretty confident in saying when it's all said and done, this team will be much better than last year's team was. Good stuff. If you want to weigh in, you can. 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta League text line. Let's zoom out, look at the Big Ten. Kyle's going to have to fill me in a little bit uh, on some of the games that he saw when I was out covering the Rutgers game and also – I'll be honest, I haven't Classic. watched a ton of Big Ten hoops here recently other than Illinois, but I, at least I have an idea. Let's have a conversation. We haven't talked about the Northwestern-Purdue game. Yeah. We haven't talked about – we just briefly mentioned Wisconsin beating Marquette. Wisconsin then goes to East Lansing and beats Michigan State. There's some stuff here to catch up on. Indiana's 2-0 in the league. Were we wrong about them? Spoiler alert, No. Um, but <laughs> let's uh, let's catch up on that when we return. This is The Drive. Don't miss your chance to cheer on Fighting Illini basketball this season. Deafening in here, 15,000, another sellout. We need all of Illini Nation to help us defend State Farm Center. And Illinois overcomes their largest deficit of the season. Great seat locations are still available for you to see Illinois basketball live this season. The Illini win it. Get your tickets today at FightingIllini.com. The hammering, the sawing, the drilling, all the sounds of the workplace from music to our ears. You can be a part of construction projects, large and small, as a Carpenters Local 243 member. Learn to excel with apprentice and journeyman training. Members enjoy all the benefits this internationally recognized union has to offer. It's a life-changing decision. Join the Local 243 family tradition. Contact Carpenters Local 243 at 217-356-5463. Carl works every day to improve the health of community members across the region, and it would not be possible without team members like Dwayne Linton, a nationally certified nurse in the emergency department at Carl Foundation Hospital. I work with a team of people who really care about what they do and are very flexible and adaptive in rapidly changing critical situations, and I would trust any of them at any time. If you're looking for an opportunity to serve your community like Dwayne in a supportive environment, visit carl.org career. Jets is hiring. Call 217-352-9992 or stop into 1907 West Springfield Avenue near Round Barn in Champaign. Jets is open till 10 p.m. Fridays and Saturdays till midnight. Are you looking for a side hustle? Here's Josh from Jets talking about the benefits of doing deliveries. When I was a delivery driver, it was amazing how much the actual amount of money I had just shot right up. You have money in your pocket every single day. For details on joining the team, visit JetsPizza.com. Here's what somebody recently said at Pards in Urbana. I was there just a few minutes, and somebody came up and asked if I needed help. And they were incredible, helped me find the size of boot I needed, and then I bought a second pair too. Everything was friendly, everything was excellent. Visit Pards in Urbana, 206 North Maple, between Maine and University in Urbana. It's Pards Western Shop since 1968. Or go online and visit pards.com, pards.com. You moved into your new home using two men in a truck. The garage was clean. Then... I love the new recliner. What are we going to do with this old one? Put it in the garage for now. Over time, this cycle continued. Put it in the garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. (laughs) It happens. You got junk. Call two men in a truck to get rid of all your junk. Residential or commercial, two men in a truck has a solution for your junk removal. Contact them at twomenchampagne.com. Two men in a truck. I'm Justin Ike, co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. So, Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario. Your sewer's backed up and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time. So is it possible that you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Oh, absolutely they will. They know you're in a pen. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first or you call me second, make sure you give me a call. Anything else, Justin? You can always trust Fred's. Great to know. Thank you. 
That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to fredscu.com. That's fredscu.com. When you're buying a battery, it's important to look beyond just the price and make sure you're buying a quality battery. So when you're buying one from the big box store, make sure you ask the question, what's the date on this battery? Is it dependable? Sometimes the big box stores have batteries that have been sitting on the shelf for years. Or you can just come to Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable, and buy your battery from the people who only do batteries. Interstate Batteries at 2504 North Madison Champaign, way out there, but totally worth the drive. How much is dependable worth to you? Interstate Batteries, open six days a week. the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Let's dive into the Big Ten on the whole and get our thoughts as we're pretty much finished up. Are there any other conference games that need to be played? Or are we done until January? There's some this weekend, I think, because okay. I know Iowa and Michigan play. I think Nebraska and Michigan State play. Still Might have some to others. go, for sure. Good call on that. Where to start? Where to start? How about Wisconsin? They're good. How good? Top four in the conference, pretty Man. clearly. Yeah. Kind of the traditional where Bo Ryan had them, where they've been even under Greg Gard a I handful think of in times. A, they're in a pretty similar boat to Illinois, I think, right now in terms of, like, they're playing really well. They've pl- picked up a couple very impressive wins in a row where you go – they beat Marquette at home, who's yep. really good, and then they went to Michigan State. That's a Michigan State team that is totally broken and – awful right now but they go on the road and dominate them so it's kind of you know mirror images of each other marquee win and then road win against a team that's probably bad but you still dominated and wisconsin actually looks pretty darn good i must say the badgers like you said i i thought marquette was going to be able to go in there and be like all right some of this some of these good vibes for wisconsin will get Ended and Marquette had a little bit of revenge last year to try to seek out because they lost to the Badgers, I think, in overtime last year when they met. And, um, but 75 64, Max Kleesman went berserk like five threes in the first half and obviously, uh, was able to vault Wisconsin into a big win. Uh, they were able to contain Tyler Kolick enough, only had 11 points in that game. Also, Godaro had five points. Uh, compared to Steven Krause, 16 and 8. Like, what the heck? What the heck, Kyle? Did you see any of this game? Because admittedly, I was traveling. I didn't. I saw a little bit of the second half, but uh, I did. I wish I would have watched it closer. I didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just. If Max Klesmid is making. Is putting. What what did he have, you say? He had like five threes in the first yeah. half, man. I think he had 21 points in the first half. And uh, if he's doing that, yeah, Wisconsin's going to be real good. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen often, but they just, yeah, there's just something too. Like, they've got the continuity. They've got the experience. It's just, none of their individual pieces, like, blow you away. They don't mm-hmm. have the alpha type on their team, but they have a group that's experienced that fits well together. Certain guys are in roles that they, you know, there's a lot of parallels there to even kind of some of the stuff we're talking about with Illinois, obviously minus the All-American. And so I, I don't I just, I think they're going to be a pretty steady, tough team to beat all year in the conference, and it's going to be one of those classic Wisconsin teams that you watch them play and you're like, eh, is this team really like a team with Stephen Crowell and Chucky Hepburn? Is this team yeah. going to finish third in the Big Ten? And what do you know, they win – 14 conference games and are pretty darn good. I think that's kind of the path for this Wisconsin team. And yeah, I just Marquette, I don't know. That's Marquette and Wisconsin's had Marquette's number forever. Yeah. Like you almost think about Missouri having Illinois number for a while, true. even though they've had worse teams like Wisconsin to Marquette here recently is kind of similar dynamic, but I don't know. I, Wisconsin has been pretty impressive to me. Yeah. And there were a team in the off season that I, 
circled and said, I, I think that they could be better than their projection. And actually, in recent years, I've been selling Wisconsin. I was wrong one time the year they had Johnny Davis, and he was a All-American type. I, I was obviously wrong because they, they lost early in the NCAA tournament but didn't think that they were going to be maybe even a tournament team, if especially if uh, a Big Ten title winner that season. But last year, they – they underperformed and, and didn't like them coming into last year. This year, I did like them and thought that they would be in the upper echelon of the Big Ten. Not to say that they would beat Purdue, and I, I definitely don't think they will for the, the league title, but they're going to be in that mix, top three, top four of the, of the league. Um, and they're doing this without Connor Asesian doing a whole lot because – and that's a guy that, – that would have surprised me. If you would have told me going into this season that – you know, Connor season is going to barely do anything in the early portion of the of this schedule. Then I would probably back off it because I thought he could be one of the breakout players in the league. And I know he's dealing with a little bit of a is it a back issue or something? Um, but he's barely he's not playing a whole lot, and he hasn't done very much even in the games he's been in. Yeah, he was hurt at the beginning of the season, barely played, and now I feel like he's healthy, but he's just like they. Started the year off with him not really in the rotation, and Greg Gard's like, "Well, we're not going to really adjust. We're just going to, you know, you're you're falling out of favor yeah, here. I don't crazy? know. It's AJ Store's been good. That was a nice addition for them. That's a piece that they haven't yeah. had in a while. I will say, if there's ever a guy you circle and are like, he will be in the portal this offseason, it's Connor Asesian. Okay, I like him. I, I liked him last year. I don't, I don't know what's what's all going into that. Uh, in terms of this season. There were some weird comments that Greg Gard made in a post game earlier this year. I don't know if you ever saw that, but there was something where it was just so weird. It was almost, maybe it was even after that terrible loss they had to Providence, which mm. is like their big blemish so far. And someone asked him, like, why would Connor Asesian barely play? And Greg Gard was like, you should ask him that question. And it just brushed it off. And then there was, you know people on Twitter were like, what in the world is he talking about? So there's some weird dynamic there. And uh, Connor Asesian, is he going to be your next Iowa shooter? Or is he going to get him and Jaden shoot? Oh, boy. Iowa's yeah, there's two names right there that you seem pretty likely that, hey, maybe they'll be available in the near future. You'd have to think so. But yeah, Wisconsin, early indications are pretty good for them. Crowell's been good. Um John Blackwell, freshman, uh, has been able to, you know, been a double double figure scorer for them in like five out of ten games or whatnot, five out of nine games for them. So he may be the leader for freshman of the year in the conference right now because all these high profile freshmen that came in, they've all done nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it. They've all done nothing. Michigan State's freshman, nothing. Yeah, Maryland's Xavier freshman. Booker's not even playing, is he? No, he's getting DNPs, Izzo, man. We we got to get to them, too. But, I yeah, Maryland's freshman. Maryland's freshman, nothing. Ohio State had a big freshman. He's, like, their eighth man playing 10 minutes. Like, so, and, and Illinois' freshmen aren't playing. And so, it's just, the, it's, a, it's a down year for Big Ten freshmen. Yep. Six out of nine games, John Blackwell, a freshman guard, has scored in double figures. And that's part of probably the reason, beyond any, like, locker room stuff or – you know, doghouse with Greg Gard stuff, but him playing well has, has probably made it easy for Connor Season not to see the floor a whole lot. Big test for the Badgers coming up on Saturday. They're at Arizona. Ooh, boy. We'll see how that goes. If they hang tough on that one and, and pull it off, I mean, we were talking about a really, really good Wisconsin team, but uh, Arizona's thought to be one of the elites in college basketball, so that will be a difficult one for them to muster. Let's go around. Let's Let's just do it. Now, Michigan State not able to beat Wisconsin, a team that's already taken four losses. Now, three of those, you're not going to maybe think too poorly of. I mean, losing by 13 on your home floor to Wisconsin, that's not great. You lose in neutral to Arizona. You lose in neutral to Duke. Obviously, at home against James Madison in overtime, they lost. But they are—they look pretty rough. Uh, a team that was preseason top 10 in the country. Top they, five. Top five in the country. They Thank were you. fourth. Wow. In the country preseason. And figured in a lot of people's minds, surefire number two team in the Big Ten, not to be the case. They look horrendous. I mean, they look br like a broken team. And I'm very interested to see 
if they get it figured out because I still think that there's a chance that they do. But, man, Tyson Walker's been awesome. Yeah. Everyone else has been terrible. I mean, that's basically the story <laughs> of their team. Tyson Walker's been awesome. Everyone else has, like, gotten worse. They bring they, – the, the whole story with them, and it's your classic, you know – all the teams that bring everyone back get way overvalued a lot in, in the preseason rankings. It always happens. But for them, that was the appeal is they're bringing their core back from, you know, a team that was in the sweet 16 and they're adding freshmen, uh, uh, one of the best freshman classes in the country. Well, all those returners other than Walker have regressed mm -hmm. and the freshmen are not being played by Tom Izzo. So, what does that equate to? Well, it's a team that is broken, and they're just not very good. Like, A.J. Hogard looks awful this year. That makes no sense. Aikens looks like he's forgotten how to shoot. He doesn't know how to play basketball anymore. I don't I don't understand that. Boy, are they missing Joey Hauser, who I mentioned, like, back in the preseason. Like, hey, you're losing a starter who is a really important part of your offense, but everyone's like, oh, they're bringing everyone back. No, they're not. They're losing a starter who was their leading rebounder and their best three-point shooter. That's that's not just a brush-off. And then Tom Izzo is just so stubborn that he refuses to play a five-star big man when Matty Sissoko is their starting center. Come <laughs> on, man. I mean, come on. I just they, – they look, like, broken right now. I don't know where they go. I am very surprised. I'm not that surprised that they are not as good as people thought. I'm surprised that Jaden Akins isn't shooting it very well. I mean, he was like a 40% three-point shooter last year, if I if I remember correctly. Hogard had – I mean, he got benched at one point earlier in this year, yep. and I know he was back in the starting lineup against Wisconsin. But, um, yeah, they were overvalued quite a bit. I mean, you look at their big man picture. I did think the Booker was going to factor in there decently. Uh, I, I wouldn't write off, like – Izzo just being really mad at like kind of his work ethic and whatnot because there, sure. there were some whispers around. I think he's even hinted at it at one point. He missed a shoot around or was late for a shoot around, and that's why he, he didn't play him in one game. But Booker had had some of that that buzz around him as a recruit, so I, I bet that he's probably frustrating Tom Izzo right now. I, I know there's been a big push by the fan base to see more of Jeremy Fears, maybe in in relief of AJ Hogard. We'll see. But, yeah, I know Tyson Walker's carrying a, a huge weight on his shoulder and is not getting a lot of help. And I've never been a huge Malik Hall fan, especially in the context of, like, he's going to be a dude. He's going to be that next guy in line to step up and be a, a veteran for Michigan State that's going to be one of their star players. He's not that guy, and, and he, he really hasn't. But uh, in this last game, to, to tell you how lost they are, they started both. Matty Sissoko and Carson Cooper in their front court. Like that's both what of those guys stink. Like <laughs> not only do they both stink, but they're both true centers. They're centers who can't it's hard to play centers. next to each other <laughs> at all. Maybe Tom was like, "Hey, I'm I'm seeing what Indiana's doing, and they're undefeated in the league. Let's let's start our two centers and see how that works." <laughs> I would love to see a two-on-two -two between Kalel Ware and Malik Renu and Carson Cooper and Matty Sissoko. <laughs> oh, my God. It might be 21-0 final. Oh, it would be. It would be. I am taking enjoyment out of the fact that I, I think that the the win, it really boiled down to Michigan State beating Marquette last year in the tournament. Now, to their credit, too, like they took Kansas State to the wire. Like They could have easily been in the Elite Eight. But that tournament result masked a lot about that team last year to the point where it was like, look at Tom Izzo beating the portal wave, beating the new trend in college basketball, doing it his way, trusting in his guys. They're bringing their guys back other than Hauser. Like, he tanked this team's opportunity of, of really being a, a legit contender in the Big Ten, a legit like deep team in the tournament. Yes, they almost were last year. If he went out and got a a bona fide five man to to go with some of these guards, now the, uh, the guards other than Tyson Walker are not playing well enough. But this is falling on Izzo's plate of not adjusting to the times and for being stubborn for some reason. Because you know where Tyson Walker came from? Oh yeah, he was a transfer. So your best player is a transfer, and yet you're sitting there saying, "I don't want to mess with the portal. I'm not going to." boost my roster we're gonna play Maddie Sissoko and Carson Cooper down low heck we'll play both of them at the same time and here you are yeah I, I couldn't agree more I think 
Izzo is doing a really poor job this year, and it's about time. Like, I just – my take on Michigan State, too, is you, you even look at this roster with the, the veterans and experience they have, who's going to be scared of Michigan State and the Big Ten going forward unless Tom Izzo changes? Like, this team isn't very good, and now they're going to lose Tyson Walker and they're going to lose Hogard and Hall, and I think Aikens has another year, but, like, if he's awful and Izzo starts benching him, here comes the portal for Save him, maybe. Save your book transfer. Save your book If he doesn't change, Michigan State is not going to be feared by anyone going forward in the Big Ten. It's just not going to happen. I mean, he can recruit. He can bring in big-time freshmen and develop them and whatnot. But at some point, like, this is where we are at in college basketball. Now, after this year, you're going to lose a ton from a team that's going to underwhelm for, like, three straight years. I mean, you look at the last three years. Obviously, they went to the Final Four in 2019 with Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman. Mm-hmm. Since that point, Michigan State has been a above-average but not great team pretty much consistently. Yeah. They've made the tournament. They go on all about how, oh, the Michigan State's made, what, 28 straight tournaments or whatever. That's really impressive to do. I'm not downplaying that at all. But they've kind of squeaked in there the last four years. And they're going to do that again this year, if they, I would assume. But, man, like from an, from an opposing Big Ten fan perspective, I, would, I could not be more concerned about Michigan State going forward while unless Tom Izzo changes his attitude about college basketball and yeah. how to attack it and how to approach it, uh, building a roster. I just couldn't. I, I, that's just how I see it because I just don't think Michigan State's going to be a top team in this conference unless he adjusts. 100% agree. Uh, and uh, 217, or it was a 508 actually, brings up a good point. Joey Hauser also a transfer too. So, yep. uh I don't know what the heck's going on with Tom in, in terms of that approach, not wanting to dabble into the portal, not wanting – maybe there's a difference between he thought, like, recruiting over my own guys. But when your guys are Sissoko and, like, Carson Coop, come on, what? man. What are you doing? Uh, it, it brought up a point. I know we got to catch a break here real quick. But don't be like the St. Louis Cardinals. Don't trend towards, we're a World Series contender. We're going to go to the NLCS a bunch of times. Oh, wait, then making the playoffs is good enough. We're, we're just going to make the playoffs. Look at the run of playoff per- uh, appearances will still do things wrong and then then oh wait we stink uh yeah Michigan State could be in that in that uh type of snowball effect we'll see it's still early enough and they got enough talent but early indications for the Spartan Spartans so far are, are pretty poor catch one more break wrap up the show this is the drive Local, personal, trusted. Hi, this is Atta Durakan with First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana, and we've been serving Champaign County since 1908. Our institution is safe, strong, and stable. We operate on a foundation of responsible and sound practices, and you can rest easy knowing we're your bank. Rated five-star superior by Bauer Financial, Inc., fast, friendly, and local, with local loan decisions and underwriting. If you're not already banking with us, give us a try, and we think you'll love it here. First Federal Savings Bank, 356bank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS, Four three five one two zero. Jeremiah 2911 states, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. What a comfort we have in this passage, as the Lord is telling Jeremiah, I care for you and will take care of you. If you are in despair and think you have no hope, pray to the Lord for guidance. See how your life can be changed in the lives of those around you. This message brought to you by the Blossom Basket Florist. What difference does it make to a hurting world that some of us call ourselves Christians? That's the question that Empty Tomb is helping to answer. On a local level, church people work through Empty Tomb to meet people at their points of need. On a global level, Empty Tomb's mission match is designed to help churches stop under five child deaths. These work happen because Christians care. If you want more information, see EmptyTomb.org or call 217-356-2262. Together, we can change the world in Jesus. Jesus name. Finishing up here on the drive with Tay and Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Can I? Can we wrap with one question off college hoops, yeah. real quick? Since yeah, you yeah, were yeah. you were gone all week, and you'll be gone tomorrow. And I know Lon and Jay were talking about it on Monday, but mm. I feel like. We need to, to just get a quick opinion from you on the college football playoff decision because that's the hot topic 
Florida State getting left out. Man. Because we had the whole breakdown of the scenarios, and we were going through it. We did. And we just assumed, hey, Florida State wins, and they're in. Yep. And they end up – There's a, it's as 50-50 of a debate as I've ever seen. It's so tough. I, I think you convinced me, and as I was up in the air about it, that – to see the best games, I'm fine with it. Like, I, I'm not saying it's the right decision. I'm not even saying that's what the committee should have been basing it off of. But as a as a fan, I think that I wanted to see, especially as someone that doesn't want to watch Michigan win the title, admittedly, that for them to get tested by the the best team that can go face them. Like, in terms of the resume, yeah, I know that you know, like Florida State beating Clemson doesn't look as good. Uh, probably now as as it did a handful of weeks ago or what you would have thought it looked like at the beginning of the season. It's really hard to argue or just the, the to wrap your head around a team in a power conference winning all their games and getting left out over teams that, that actually lost in their in their schedule. So I, I get the uproar. I get the, the anger. Um and then also I, I think it's 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 easy to kind of sit here, and, and one of my buddies brought up a good point as far as it's easy for us to say what Florida State would have done in the playoff, and I, I do think that they probably would have gotten owned in a matchup against Michigan, but there have been some teams that, you know, like Ohio State losing quarterbacks. It was um, Braxton Miller, then they lost who? They ended up starting, like, what, Cardell Jones? That was, like, the third. They lost Braxton Miller and JT Barrett. JT Barrett. And they started Cardell Jones. And they still – did they win the title that They year? won the title. Yeah. I will say, in that case, I get that argument. Ohio State also beat Wisconsin 59-0 in the Big Ten Championship uh, with Cardell Jones starting. Yeah. I think that's a different layer than what we good had point. this weekend. Good point. What do you think? Are you good with it? You're good with the decision? So, my opinion is this, and I know it's kind of playing both sides, but as a college football fan, I love the decision because these two matchups that we're going to get on New Year's Day are awesome. Mm -hmm. I am so excited to watch Michigan-Alabama and Texas-Washington. I would have been far less excited to watch Michigan-Florida State or yes. Washington-Florida State. Okay. But I think that Florida State did get robbed, and I think that it is unjust that they are not in as an undefeated conference champion I think it ruins some credibility and just kind of the you know the nature of the sport is you play you you play games and if you win all your games you should be able to play for a national championship those mm -hmm. players those other 50 were in college like 80 whatever players on that roster had nothing to do with Jordan Travis hurting his leg it's terrible it's they're yeah. a much worse team those players still won every game they played and they deserve to play for a national championship I think that it was the wrong decision and I think that they should have gotten in but as a college football fan I am very happy they yeah. made the decision because for my viewing experience I'm gonna have a much more enjoyable time not watching Florida State yeah the playoff. it's like a control your own destiny thing where if Bama wanted to solidify their spot then beat Texas on your home field, which they weren't able to do. Or Texas to know you're automatically in going into the into that final Saturday. Don't 